This is Don Adams. The Marine Corps builds men. Get smart. See your Marine Corps representative today. That familiar theme music warns you that it's time once again for the Spud Goodman Radio Show. 60 minutes of audio on the internet. So now, without further ado, here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, Accordion Joe. Because to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Here he is, the head cheese meister of the world wide web. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud Goodman. Welcome to our show. I hope, you know, everything is well with you and yours. I feel we have a pretty decent show for everyone tonight. <sighs> I, you know, I, I guess I realize it's presumptuous of me to venture forth an opinion right now at the very start of a program. A lot could go wrong, and this thing could go off the tracks at any moment, so please keep that in mind as we go forward. With me is the show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. A nod of the head will be an adequate acknowledgement. Well, hello. That's sufficient. Sp- no, he- hello, Spud, and hello to everyone around the world now listening and as Spud said, I my name is Gerald Holcomb. I look forward to helping make this the best show possible. Well, hey, if anyone out there cares, this has been a challenging week for me, Spud Goodman. Really? My cable went out, so I was unable to record all my regular shows on the DVR. And I called 911 and was rudely told to call Comcast Cable instead. Mm-hmm. What I mean, the hell, Joe? I, I mean, the people there at that number really need to like take a look at improving their customer service skills. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, in the future, uh, Spud, I'd advise you to contact Comcast directly. No, I'm not stupid here. I didn't want to call 911, well, but every freaking time I call Comcast, I get transferred to another department, especially when it's about my internet connection. You know, they've now contracted out all services, but not to some proficient country like India or the Philippines. No, now they must have found some country where it's even cheaper for them. Hmm. And, and I don't know, I got moved around to like three different places, so I just hung up. Another week like this, and I might have to consider unhooking and going old school and start watching my dad's old Super 8 movies. Yeah. You know, once again, you know. And I, 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 I don't know. Good I, I star in most of those. Yeah, well, that's, which is good, and, and that's yeah. that's interesting, Spud. But listen, can I ask you, are you curious at all about who's sitting to your left? Well, I, I shook his hand. I, I didn't get his name and get your name. Who, who are you again? Uh, I'm Jim Hannigan. I did introduce myself, but um, you didn't seem to be listening. Well, I've invited Jim down here tonight for a sort of intervention, you could say, Spud. I, or or we, the staff here, feel that you have a major void in your life, a canyon-wide hole that needs to be addressed. I hope we're not going to make you feel uncomfortable Look, with this. I, I, I don't do hard drugs, and I drink maybe a six-pack of Rainier a week, so there's no need for an intervention here, all right? You got the wrong guy. Well, this is more of a pop culture intervention. Honesty is the first step towards expanding our world. Spud, it's a well-known fact that you have never, 
ever watched a Star Trek episode in your life. Now, I'm sure anyone listening would scoff at such a proposition, but this is a whole uh, cold hard fact, isn't it? I thought we were not going to really analysis verified discuss this, you know, on the air. It's well, it's true, but big deal. Who cares? I have nothing against Star Trek or its fans. I just, you know, have a hard time getting into stuff that's not real. Spud is not a fan of science fiction. The only science fiction star he has ever interviewed is Edward James Olmos, and that was long before Battlestar Galactica. I've never seen a Star Wars movie or one of those Rings or Hobbit movies either. Does that make me a horrible person? The folk singers in Hell frequently appear, as if by magic, to perform a musical commentary on the show's proceedings. Yes, Spud Goodman ignoring a program like Star Trek is worse than liking Jean-Claude Van Damme. Damn! And by the way, you will burn in hell for secretly worshipping that washed-up martial arts ham. Well, horrible is not the, the point here. I should now state that I am active in the King County Star Trek fan club, and I'm also a board member of the International Federation of Trekkers. Uh, in addition, I've had numerous articles published in uh, Memory Alpha, the official yeah. Star Trek bi-monthly right. fan club magazine. Am I supposed to be impressed Shut the here? Shut up, Donnie. I, I don't know. I'm impressed or feel sorry for you. I'm still uh, I'm, I'm up in the but, air. But it seems to most of your staff, who, by the way, are all huge Star Trek fans, that you need to open your mind and heart to what we feel is one of the greatest entertainment projects ever undertaken. Gene Roddenberry was not just a writer slash producer. Yeah, yeah. He was obviously blessed with inspiration and direction from another dimension. Yeah. Gene Whatever. still speaks to billions of humans That's to true. this day through reruns of his TV series and the feature-length movies it has inspired. Okay, I'm not going to contest that allegation, but I would add the verification of such would be problematic. Uh, Spud, Jim here has brought you your own Star Trek shirt from the Next Generation series that ran from uh, 87 to 95. For. we everybody here at the station shipped in to help pay for it as they don't come cheap uh, alpha here. 2 clearance recognized please enter security code uh, here put this on I, I think we got the right size it is an official replica of the cast member's uniform top oh that's nice uh, it's not some knockoff from china gerald said you wouldn't wear the pants that match no duh you want me to put this on it looks like that rayon material it's gonna irritate my nipples i know that right now and i hate that I mean, I have a. Th everybody in this room knows I hate that. Then just pull it over your shirt. It it should fit. Uh, yeah, all right, whatever. Uh, don't they make these in like all black? Because that's more my color. Aqua blue is sort of lame. Well, we went with no something offense. from the next right. generation. As my gosh, the shirts from the original series—they're so darn expensive. So you want me to do a whole show wearing this? Yeah. You know, I have worn something like this before on my my old cable TV show. My producer made me do a whole freaking show about Star Trek. It was like I don't know, it was for sweeps, or I'm trying to remember back then. But I pulled it off without knowing anything about the show. I was proud of myself. Anyway, regardless, I need to play some music right now, and that's what I enjoy. All right, here is a live cut from a band that uh, appeared on my KTZZ show in the 90s, uh, a great band called The Minus Five. Uh, it's with Scott McCoy, Peter Buck, Ken Stringfellow, and some other rotating musicians. Uh, this song is titled Find a Finger. Thank <laughs> you. 
What's up, guys? This is the world champion, Judah Friedlander, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Why? Because you're a winner. He didn't forget to call. Uh, well, good to know Mr. Green came through for us tonight. Yeah. I guess he's supposed to be like on his way up here to the northwest from back east. Hey, are you going to ask him to do some wacky live stuff on the wacky? air? Wacky? No, I don't think so. Oh. You know, I, I think I read he's tamed down a bit from the old days when he would bug you the crap stupid, out of people. You ignorant son of a bitch, dumb bastard! You know, I'll just put him on. I guess I'm going to find out myself, okay. for myself. All right, please welcome comedian, actor, talk show host Tom Green to the show. Howdy, Mr. Green. Before we get going here, though, um, you are there, though, correct? Are you with me? Yes, I'm here. I can hear you. Yes, I'm All on right. one of these cellular telephones. Super. It's amazing. I can, like, literally take a phone call anywhere in the world now. That's verified, because you're talking to me. I'm, 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 I'm about to get on a train right now, which is pretty cool. I'm standing uh, at a train station in Wilmington, Delaware, about to get on a train to New York so I can catch my flight to Seattle. Very cool. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, let's delve into the career of one Tom Green, if we could. First of all, uh, do you plead guilty to being a Canadian citizen? In essence, you're currently an alien residing in the United States of America, correct? I am uh, an alien. Uh, I am proud to be a Canadian citizen. Uh, I am a Canadian citizen, yes. I, have, I, uh, I do live in the United States of America, and I enjoy that, too. All right. Well... 
Well, looking back, what brought you to this country? The dream of a better life, raise a family, better health care? What are we talking about? Uh, no, the better health care is in Canada. You didn't know that? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, but I, 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 I do enjoy, uh, I do enjoy uh, the weather. That's nice. I live in Los Angeles, so the weather's good. That, that's actually one of the things I miss most about Canada is the health care system. But, um, yeah. But uh, really? I, uh, I, you know, let's not get political, all right? Obviously, uh, you know, Why not? not the Fox News channel. We're talking about my comedy show. Well, I'm distracted, by the way. There is literally a train coming, which is hilarious that I'm going to be getting on maybe while we're on the air. Even. Well, make sure you don't get on the wrong one. But, hey, regarding that immigration thing, you know, politically, uh, you got to realize uh, it's our, our politicians are struggling with that issue right now. And, you know, you're kind of a plus in that equation. So a belated welcome to America, Tom, if you were never received properly. Thank you, man. Yeah, I've been living in the United States of America for 15 years, and uh, you know it's been great to me. I love I love the United States, uh, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. I uh, I um, you know I've been able to do what I've always dreamed of doing, which is do stand up comedy, and uh, and I'm now touring all around the world. I'm in Wilmington, Delaware, right now. I'm on my way to New York. That's pretty I'm cool. Cattle to see you guys. Right. Yeah, we're having these crazy. Cra- the shows are just crazy. They're really like these outrageous. Uh, sold-out, ridiculous, crazy shows. You know, Spud, we need more illegal aliens like Tom Green. I mean, how many immigrants to our country have gotten their own MTV show or had their testicular cancer surgery broadcast on television? I know, I know, but for some reason, these Canadians seem to have some kind of advantage in the comedy business. It's like they juice or something to get that extra edge. I've never brought this up before, but... You know, now that you mention it, there have sure been a lot of Canadians who became big stars. Maybe you should ask Tom if he's using No, any- no. There you go again, trying to insert yourself into my interviews. One second. Now, where was I? I hope you have your tick, the right ticket. One second. One second, sir. I'm just stopping to make sure I'm... Uh... Oh, yeah. Okay, my train's coming. It's hilarious. Do you hear them? Do you hear them announcing my train? Uh, yes, I do. Have you already? Uh, um, yeah. So you've already bought your cool. ticket. You're yeah, not trying to like, like jump on. It's sort of like radio verite right here. Absolutely. I just sort of thought that I was missing my train. Not here yet. Hey, uh, let's deal a little bit with the past because I mean your your life was fairly public for quite a while. Um, as a man who like had his marriage to Drew Barrymore scrutinized by the press around the clock, what was the main lesson you learned and could pass on to other celebrities about marrying inside the business? Um, not a good idea, or maybe it you know maybe not a bad idea. Honestly, everything's different. Everybody's got a different situation. You know, you just kind of. Uh, I don't really think that there's any rules to this kind of stuff, you know, yeah. like relationships are hard generally, you know. Right. I mean, people go through weird stuff in relationships altogether. I mean, if you're trying to make sense of, of uh, you know, relationships, then, you know, you've you, you got a long, uh, you know, a big job ahead of you. But, uh, no, I'm having a great time. I've got a great girlfriend now. She does stand-up comedy. She tours with me. Who is that? And uh, features with what's me her, my shows. What's her name? And, uh, she'll... Her name's Erin Darling, and she'll be performing with me in Seattle. And, cool. And, and so we're having a great time. Well, let's touch a little yeah. bit about the, uh, the Internet broadcast uh, television program, because you have uh, done that from your living room. You've also done an episode from your bedroom. Is there any place in your home that you would draw the line as off-limits, say, like the kitchen pantry, the laundry room? Is, every, is everything... Uh... <laughs> well, fortunately, I've moved the studio into an actual television studio this year, so I'm not doing it from my house anymore. But uh, you can watch some old clips from the show in my house. But uh, now you actually uh, can go watch the uh, show uh, from me broadcasting from a studio in uh, beautiful downtown Los Angeles. 
and um, and so we are out of my house now, and I'm free to uh, have my kitchen to myself again. <laughs> that must have been a drag. So you had to like feed but the yeah, crew. I, I do, uh, we we do this ridiculous show, and it's, uh, you can actually fall into it on Skype, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Hey, cool! My train's coming too. I actually see my train right now. All right, well, get ready to get on it. But I have a couple more questions for you. For and if you get on, you know, we'll just we'll just roll this thing until they tell you you got to turn your phone yeah. off. It's not yeah, like a plane, it. is you're it? Gonna, you're gonna you're gonna hear it pulling up. I may just have to set down my phone for a second. Um, I'll roll with it. Edit this, right? Not, no, not, not a problem at all. Okay. Uh, here we go. Um, okay, cool. Because here, 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 here comes the train. Here, the train. Listen, I'm going to hold the phone up so you can hear it. Okay? Please do. Here's my train. Here's my train. My train's coming. You know, in the old days, you could hear some, some noise. It's like hydroplanes these days. My train. Kind of noise. I'm on the train. Maybe we can foley in something later. Please mind the gap between the train and the platform. All aboard! One second, he gets on the train. Come ride the little train that is rolling down the tracks to the junction. All right, I am now on the train. Super. Do you have to go through, like, TSA to get on a train? I'm just curious. Uh, nope, no, none of that, although I, uh, I did, uh, already checked in earlier, so I was just up on the platform. All right, super. But, um, yeah, so. This is the first. We haven't had anybody, uh, haven't interviewed anybody jumping on a train. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, I'm almost done with you, but I got a couple, I got a couple more, couple more for you. Um, so. I'm probably going to talk at a different volume now, because there's people around now, so I'm going to whisper now, okay? All right. I guess I can deal with that. All right. It's kind of more intimate. I kind of like it now, actually. It's kind of weird, though, right? It's kind of weird. No, it's intimate. I like it. I like it, actually. All right. Now I'm now I'm whispering. It's kind of weird. Take a look over your right and your left shoulder. Anybody, like, uh, weird or interesting or anybody that maybe we could throw on the show? Or what do you think? No, it's just, no, no, just a lot of business travelers. All right. But uh, I've got a... I've got a three-hour train ride ahead of me, so uh, super. I'm gonna just kind of settle in here. All right. But, uh, if I look up my left, uh, if I look up my left over my left shoulder, I'm looking out the window. So yeah, this is weird. I like this because it's weird. Well, um, I don't think it even rates on your scale, but I'll take it. We'll take it for sure. Um, <laughs> so it's it's weird for radio. It's weird radio. Okay. All right. Um, so let me ask you this: uh, In your resume, there's also an entry under rapper. You are MC Bones. How serious were you in pursuing a career as a rapper? Right? Because you won a Juno way back in '93 for best rap record. Yeah, when I was a teenager in Canada, I, uh, you know, did a lot of music. I liked making beats. I was kind of like that that kid that was always playing with the computer and and uh, using samplers and keyboards and making hip hop beats back in the back in the day yeah. and uh, we uh, got a record deal in Canada so you can see the videos from that on YouTube the group was called Organized Rhyme it was a lot of fun I was you know 17, 18 years old and uh, it was sort of my first uh, you know thing sh- what you would call Canadian show business we would go on Much Music which is a Canadian MTV and host shows on there and that really kind of got me thinking about television and how I wanted to get into television so yeah it's been an interesting uh, interesting thing you know uh, when I made the Bum Bum song on uh, on MTV, you know, that was um, definitely kind of a, sort of an offshoot of some of my early musical stuff. We made that song in like uh, 
in like an hour and a half uh, in Seattle, actually. We recorded the Bum Bum song in Seattle and uh, went to number one uh, on, on, on TRL, on Total Request Live, knocked Britney Spears right off the countdown. It was amazing. Super. <laughs> hey, uh, I got to ask you, are you in a sleeper unit? Are you in like a little bunk bed, or are you uh, actually in a seat in, on the train while you're, as you're talking to me? Yeah, no, I'm just in a seat here. You know, the train's not too full. I got a nice seat, so... Everything's good. Do you think Tom might be confused or fatigued? I'm not insinuating early onset dementia, but it sounds like he's somewhat confused. Maybe you can walk him through this whole train experience so he doesn't get frustrated. I know from my helping my grandfather... Hey, how old do you think Tom Green is, for God's sakes? He's younger than I am. I'm just trying to help here. It sounded like he was a little bit disoriented, and I thought maybe... You, you, you thought? No need for you to think, okay? I'm fully prepared to help Tom out here. Yeah. Hello, hello. But right now, he seems to be doing just fine, okay? What's he asking second. you for? To see your ticket? You do have a good ticket. It's not like a, you didn't buy it from like a scalper right. or anything, did you? Yeah, good. Here we go. <laughs> there we are. Thank you very much. Do you have to, like, tip them when they ask you to see your ticket or anything? Did You didn't have to tip them, did you? Thank you. Thank you very much. Did you tip them, Tom? Uh, no, just for me. What's that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is good? I can wait. That's right, okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Hold on a second. Okay. Yeah, I got to fix him up on top or? Okay, perfect. All right, thank you. Hey. Did you have to tip them? All right, cool. Just checking in. Okay. All right. No, no, I, I, you don't have to. Okay, just, okay. Well, okay, I'm going to wrap this thing up because I know you got stuff going on there, it sounds like. Um, so uh, I'm going to ask my uh, most important question. What has been your most memorable moment as Tom Green? Uh, you know, I've definitely had a few uh, great, exciting moments in my uh, day doing this goofy stuff. Uh, I'd say probably one of them was when I got to host Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And the other was when I got to host uh, the David Letterman show. But, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, those were those pinch me moments when I was actually sitting down in Letterman's chair or walking out and uh, hosting SNL. And uh, All right. I'm going to wrap it on that note. Um, uh, Tom Green, I would like to extend my thanks for you checking in with us. Uh, Godspeed to you. Yeah, thanks, bud. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks a lot. I'll see you soon. Okay. Looks just like the real thing. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please say hello to Radio On. Gentlemen, please uh, state your name, birth sign, and instrument of choice to enter into the official record. Hey, everybody, I'm Andy. I play bass, and I am a Virgo. 
Oh, I'm John. Uh, I'm a Pisces and I play guitar. Hi there. I'm John L. I play drums. I I probably should be playing guitar. I'm an Aries, full on. Hi, my name is Stu Miller and I am a total Aries and I play guitar. All right, super. So uh, give me the uh, For Dummies version of the band's uh, family history, would you please? Yeah, well, um, I would always see John out drinking in bars, like, uh, and uh, we would always uh, get into arguments about which bands were cool and which bands were not cool. And I think it was decided uh, one night about last call that we were just going to settle it and start a band. Super. So let me ask you this: Since you started playing together, how many fist fights have there been? You know, I'm not, and I'm not talking about slap fights. I'm talking about full-on fist fights. Mentally, a hundred. Physically zero, but yeah. maybe that might change here no, no, soon. Technically one. I did. I I beat myself up. I had a fist fight with my myself. <laughs> Super. All right. Hey, let me ask you this: Is there a Steel Town connection somewhere uh, in this band? Because I know we're not on in Pittsburgh right now, but we are on about 300 miles away on Boost uh, Radio. It's in New Jersey. I just sense a Pirates vibe. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, my dad is from Pittsburgh. The Miller family's from Pittsburgh, and uh, yeah, I'm a huge Pirates and Steelers fan. All right, super. So, give me the name of the first song, and is there a backstory to it? Uh, yeah, the first song is "Electric No No." It's the first song that we uh, 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 played in radio on, and it's about Doc Ellis' uh, famous no hitter while on LSD. All right, super. Let's do it. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission.
Here now your host, Spud Goodman. Uh, Spud, I, I think I think I'm getting a sign that we, we might have a caller. Uh, you know, I think it's your mom, and I'm wondering why doesn't she just wait an hour or so and and call you after the show's over? Well, why do you think? Because I'm not on the air in an hour. My mom lives for these calls. Oh. You think you think she calls me up during the week just to chat? No, and she hardly ever picks up anymore when I call her too. She says she wants to keep our interaction fresh and says to save everything. You know, I, save it for the show. She says, "How sad is that?" Well, it is. It's a little bit disturbing. I gotta say, Mom, you there? Of course I am. I've been waiting on hold for quite a while. Spud's mom, Sephola, believes that she always knows what's best for Spud's personal and professional lives. So. I just want to know why you have openly proclaimed to everyone now listening you hate Star Trek. That should never have been discussed publicly. Look, I I, I don't need uh, you getting on me right now about that. Everybody's on my back. I know I know you and Dad were big fans when I was growing up. But I suppose it's okay to say this now, but your father was quite worried about you back then. But but maybe were not quite, how do I say it, normal for a teenage boy. Uh, you know, that's what my dad thought about me too, Mrs. Goodman. Actually, still to this day, he's somewhat disappointed in me. It's been something I've carried through my Look, whole excuse life. excuse me, we're, we're not doing a, This Is Your Life, Gerald Holcomb, okay? Oh. Look, Mom, I know you both tried hard to get me into watching the show with you, but it just wasn't my speed. There's not enough violence, and the women were always, like, covered up, all their whole bodies, like in that sandy part of the world where, you know, how they dress over there. It just, I don't know, it was really boring. Well, all I wanted was a Betsy, just one Betsy, and she wouldn't give it to me. May God rest his soul. As you know, we had our differences, but you have to realize that even if somebody has their differences... Differences? Differences? Mom, you two hated each other's guts. You argued from morning till night. I was surprised gunplay was never involved. Uh, nonsense. We had an amicable divorce. Amicable? We just grew apart. And enough about our marriage. Stop trying to change the subject, Spud. That was a trait of your father's. I'm calling you about you repairing the damage you may have done by insulting all the Star Trek fans out there. We are a very sensitive group, and making fun of us is a terrible career move. Oh, uh, Mrs. Goodman, thank you for your support on this issue. Greg. Well, sh- sure, sure thing, but it's, Mom, it's Gerald. Mama, I, I know Gerald. you're trying to help here, but, you know... <laughs> I have mentioned this to you before, but I actually met Leonard Nimoy many years ago. I think you must have oh, been boy. in high school. Those were the years we never saw much of you. Anyway, I went to this convention in Seattle, and Mr. Nimoy... Mom, 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 you've told that story a million times to anyone and everyone that would listen. I I know, you look deeply into your eyes, and you two connected, right? I've heard it. My experience with Leonard, for a brief moment, we became one as we looked deeply into hey, each other. Hey, can I ask you this? Where, I've heard that story so much, but where was Dad? I've never heard... Because he never missed a Star Trek convention. Was he even around, or what was the deal? He, he was always trying to get close to Michelle Nichols, who played the communications officer. Thank God they had sufficient security. Yeah, okay, Mom, well, I've heard these stories a thousand times. i got to go now. We're, we're running a little bit behind, so see you on Sunday, and yes, I will take out the recycling for sure, okay? 
Okay, okay. I love you. Yeah, love you, love you too. Bye. All right. Um, you know, this Star Trek shirt is really, really uncomfortable, to say the least. I, I know I said I'd wear it until the end of the show, but... This is this isn't TV. I'm not doing my TV show anymore. No one's gonna even know if I take it off. Well, I, I just think, Spud, it would be disrespectful to do so with a board member of the International Federation of Trekkers with us here in the studio. This is an important man. Why? Thank you, thank you, Gerald. Spud, yes. if you really don't feel comfortable wearing a replica of cast members' uniforms from the next generations, then by all means, take it off. I myself have several of those. Look, okay, okay. I'll suck it up, and I'll deal with it. So can I ask you if you and your fellow uh, Trekkies or Trekkies or whatever really are, are serious about this? That's what I kind of want to get at, because it's all really just like a like a tongue-in-cheek kind of put on. I, I mean, it's just a sci-fi show. I can assure you that we are quite serious about Star Trek. No, I mean, yeah. uh, you can you can be real. Well, And what has offered the world, Spud, you, you may not be attuned to the message of this show, but it has a multi-layered vehicle that conveys the essence of the human spirit. Oh, yeah. okay. Jim, Spud that's, is aware of how special Star Trek is, and, and that's why we invited you to come to the studio and share your insight to all on this show. Everything it means to millions and millions of citizens here of Earth. No, Spud is not aware that Star Trek is so cool. You could call him a fool or even a no-talent tool. But in the end, he's just a product of a very inferior gene pool. Um, of Earth? Well, let me, let me get that yeah. straight. I mean, what is this like, the day the Earth stood still? Now that, that was a cool sci-fi movie. No pointy ears, no parables about man's inherent flaws. It was just a simple story about not messing with visitors from outer space. Uh, it is the day to die. Actually, the day the Earth stood still was about much more than that, Spud. The central message was about man's inability to accept change oftentimes in a violent manner yeah. of fear yeah yeah if you say so yeah so so jim as, I, as I mentioned there are millions of star trek fans around the world so this is a pretty large fan base to tap into and i feel the spud goodman show would be something that would be popular with you guys if it could just be introduced to them now could you post recommendations on the federation's website about us uh, I could, but uh, due to the prime directive, I try to limit my own personal recommendations as that could be seen as inappropriate given my position. Oh, but but you must have a responsibility what? to your members to bring their attention to a show that could maybe fill the gap. As right now, there's no new episodes being made, correct? It's just the feature-length movies to satisfy the thirst well, no, of no. the fans? No, no, no. I think I, the, I hear where you're going with this. And not only will that dog not hunt, it won't even leave the kennel. Star Trek fans will never ever buy into what I, me or the show or and they hate me I'm sure I, I let's let's be real come on and, and maybe not this exact second because I got this cost, stupid costume on well, stupid. affirmative I, I need, need I remind you we're on the air and you're potentially speaking to many many Star Trek fans that's yeah, just a whatever. heads up hey can you now just do your job and see if our next guest is on the line too late oh, yeah sure thing sure thing Oh, please welcome comedian Joe Coy to the show. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good, sir. Thanks for letting me call in. Yep, no problem. So uh, I appreciate uh, you know giving us a chance to uh, find out what the heck's going on with you. You know what's kind of cool is it's my homecoming, man. I live. I used to grow up. I grew up in Tacoma. I lived there for years. Wow. Well, 
yeah, you let me let me do a little bit of this is your life. I like to do that with my guests. Uh, okay. You were a member of a military family, correct? So you were all over the country, but you did spend some time in the Northwest. Yes, I did. Eleven years, like eleven or twelve years of my life. Wow! All right. Like, Those are the best times, man. I went to El Plain and Spanaway and Henry Foss in uh, in Tacoma. Oh, Foss graduate. Stadium. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Well, you also, if I could continue this thing, also later moved to Vegas. So here's here's something I wanted to run by you. Uh, what was the biggest adjustment getting used to living in Vegas, not visiting Vegas, which we all do, uh, besides all the perks, you know, all you can eat buffets around the clock, did you, and maybe even hanging out with showgirls, and I don't know how much, you know, how, what that experience is like. The only thing I've seen is like Elizabeth Berkeley, you know, and, and uh, they seem to be a troubled lot, you know, the showgirls. So how was your life down there? You know, when I first moved uh, to Vegas, there was nothing. I mean, that that was before the Mirage was built, and you know, I was before the boom. Oh. it was it was oh. like it was like traditional old Las Vegas. And then about two years later, that's when everything started coming: the Mirage and and uh, you know all the big casinos, Treasure Island and uh, MGM. So that's when the big money started coming in. And it was a good time to live in Vegas. And, uh, and that's literally where I started my stand-up career. I started, uh, you know, I started making a lot of friends at the places I was working at and a lot of networking. And I started, uh, uh, you know, renting out my own theaters and selling tickets to my own shows. And uh, it, it, it gave me the opportunity to wear a lot of hats. You know what I mean? Instead of just being a comic, I was kind of like everything out there. I was the producer. I was the promoter. I was the talent booker and, and the comic on the show. And it's, uh, I, I owe a lot of my career to, uh, to Vegas. Huh. You know, I would think it'd be kind of like, you know, living across the street from Disneyland or Magic Mountain. Was it, you know, was it was it something that still was still a rush, you know, and, you know, because all of us fly in there maybe once a year, once every other year, times, you know, a couple times a year, whatever. What was it like, like the opportunity there at all times? So was it fun or was it kind of boring at times? I, I think I think when I lived there, I got a little numb to it, you know, I think because I've seen it so much. It's kind of like the employee that works at Disneyland. You know what I mean? He doesn't really want to be there. Right. But uh, and that's how I was in Vegas. Like, I wanted to get to L.A. That's where I wanted to be. And, uh, you know, I was, I was a little numb to all the, the stuff that, that was surrounding me in Vegas. But when I moved to L.A., I realized how much I loved all that stuff that Vegas had to offer, like the 24-hour, everything's open. I mean, right. nothing that's closed. And I love that, you know, where you come to L.A., everything's closing at 10. And, you know what I mean? And not all the grocery stores are open, and all the roads are horrible here in L.A., but in Vegas, I mean, pristine roads and brand-new parks, and everything's just well-lit and, and beautiful out there. And, and you miss it once you leave, it, right. but you don't really notice it when you're there, you know? Right. You know, there's something I'd... I'd I've seen you on many, many shows, television shows, and I've heard you mention that your ethnicity is somewhat ambiguous to your fans, and that's kind of cool because I'm just kind of like a boring white guy. But you can like uh-huh. wear so many different uh, hats, so to speak, or whatever. So that, that's that's an advantage, right? Um, I think what happened with with uh, with my stand-up is I, I tried my hardest not to be too specific about who I am, and you know I'll, I'll let them know that I, uh, you know I. You know that I am Asian, and I tell them. You know, but but I tell my fans through my mom's voice. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I give my I give my ethnicity a voice. I I, I you know I have a character. I, I you know I re, you know I I pretty much become my mom on stage, and I think it makes it a little bit more relatable instead of just yes. up there and just 
telling the differences between my race and another race. Mm -hmm. I think people identify more, and, and instead of them just going, oh, you have to be Asian to get it, I got more people just coming up to me going, hey, man, my mom does the same damn thing. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I, 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 that, that's what makes me happy about what I'm talking about. Like, instead of doing the comparison joke, uh, I, I, I made it more relatable. And, I, you know, I, I, it took me a while to figure that out. You know what I mean? But but once I started doing it and started telling the stories that I did, it, uh, I built up this little, you know, this, this fan base of, of people that just love my mom, man. I go to Nashville and there's not one Asian person that comes to the show. You know what I mean? And it's just a bunch of white people quoting my mom and I, and I love it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, um, you were regular on Chelsea lately, and we had F Chris Vanjola uh, on a while back, and he said that there was so much creative freedom on that show, and not a lot of suits looking over your shoulder. W was that like? Was that a blast to do that show? That show, and uh, the, the the one main reason I think all of us are a little sad that it's gone. I mean, we're all sad that it's gone because it was a great show, and Chelsea was great. But uh, I think what we really loved about that show is it was just organic, man. Like, there was no writing. There was like, I mean, we wrote, but it was like, just like Chris said, there was no one looking over our shoulders. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. know, uh, we, we got our censor warnings, like, you know, just like you, you you know what not to say. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and literally, it, it was just kind of like friends hanging out at the panel. Like, we never had to stop and reshoot any topic. I mean, we literally went in and shot that show in an hour. That show was 30 minutes, and I mean, we would be done with that show in less than 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Damn. I mean, we were in and out. I mean, literally an hour would, it would take me to go into the studio, get makeup put on, shoot, and then go back to my car and drive home was one hour. And, and that's how amazing that show was. It was, it was, a, it was a, a machine. It was literally a machine. And, uh, and it, it worked itself. It, it, was, it was so amazing. And I don't think there's a show out there that's doing that, that that's pumping it out that quick. And, and for the record, I'll ask Run by you. And now, che Chelsea, of course, is a warm and cuddly uh, uh, woman, correct? Just totally mis misunderstood. Oh yeah, totally misunderstood. Uh, just <laughs> no, that's her, man. That's that's Chelsea. What you see on on the show, that's definitely her All right. off the stage. And uh, but I will say that she is one of the most giving people I've ever known. I mean, she she's enjoyed uh, her her uh, her rewards in life. Mm -hmm. She's also let everyone around her enjoy. Uh, it as well and she's been such as uh, that's why I, I owe so much to, to Chelsea she I could never say anything bad about that woman and uh, and she she is nice to the people that are around her and uh, and everyone that worked on that show will tell you the same thing okay <coughs> super um, Spud I think the staff on this show who sometimes spread the word that you're often well a mean-spirited asshole a horse's ass really need to know that there are others out there in showbiz who could give you a run for your money Chelsea Handler, for one, frightens me very much, and I, I feel fairly comfortable around you most of the time. Maybe they should watch what they wish for. Things could be worse, you know? Um, I don't really know how to respond to that. Maybe I should have kept that one to myself. Never mind. Please, just get back to the interview. Yeah, I will. Um, well, you had an appearance on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and I guess you could say it kind of went well as you got a standing ovation. Was that uh, the moment you said to yourself, hey, not a bad career move? Yeah, that that was uh, the, the that 
that day changed my life because I was literally working three jobs. I had a newborn son. Uh, you know, I mean, not a newborn, but he was a little over a year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, my... Uh, I was working at Nordstrom Rack at the time as a shoe salesman, and I remember I didn't know how famous that show was. I didn't know how popular that show was until the next day after that standing out. Every other customer watched me get that, that you know, watched my set that night, and it was like, it, what a way to bring you right down to reality, like on such a high, because I got a standing ovation on The Tonight Show, and then all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, this lady, her shoe, and she's looking at me going, Oh my God, you were on the Tonight Show last time. I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, that's awesome. You're so funny. Can I get this in a size eight? You know what I mean? And I had to run back to get the shoe and and just realize, uh, you know, wow. Like, yeah, it's a big show, but I'm still a shoe salesman, so I got to keep working, man. So how long did that? How long uh, after that appearance? How many days? It got to be in days uh, before uh, you, know, you uh, the left. Tonight Show. The Tonight Show literally changed my. I uh, I will say overnight on that one. Uh, there were so many people watching it that I, I started getting phone calls like a week and a half, like maybe a week later, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I ended up quitting all my jobs within the month. That month, I, I quit every single job, and uh, I was on the road just working. I had so many. I was booked solid, man. It was crazy just for that appearance. Well, you're also a regular now on Adam Carolla's podcast. Is he like the modern-day William Randolph Hearst as he's sort of the king of podcasting and his empire's becoming so huge? He's been on our show yeah. a couple times, and he's he's quicker than Usain Bolt. You can't stay up with him. So is that a blast? Uh, I love Adam, man. Uh, I, I've been friends with him for a while, too. And, I mean, I, I, there's he is amazing at his craft as well like i can't believe how he's taken this podcast game and just has flipped it into this empire just like you said it's uh it's pretty amazing and uh yeah. just to be a part of that panel and let him uh you know just fly co-pilot with him every now and then is, is a lot of fun because there's absolutely no work involved in that either uh adam is the king of improv and uh uh, when we go in there, I have to be on my A game, and I got to be prepared for anything he throws at me. And uh, and I, and and it's it's kind of cool because uh, you know his his listeners really appreciate uh, you know the, the the chemistry that Adam and I have. It's it's kind of like hand and glove. I can I can ride his whatever he's whatever wave he's throwing at me. I can ride it, and uh, and it's been fun, man. That guy's so good. All right. Man. Well, um, so I want to thank you so much for taking the time to call in. Okay. Thank you so much, sir. All right, Joe. Mr. Joe Coy. Bye. If you don't have kids and you're thinking about having kids, because I know there's some people in here like, I'm ready to have a kid. Uh, I want to be a mommy. And there's some guys, I want to be a daddy. Um, Shut the f*** up. (laughs) Shut up. No, you're not. You're not ready. Look at me. Look at this. Look. Take a close look. I used to have long, beautiful hair. It's gone. Pull out. Pull the f- out. It's your only option. Use it. Pull out. This is all you gotta do. Ha ha. <laughs> baby? No baby. <laughs> Minivan. Sports car. <laughs> There's parents in here too. I see you guys. You don't even have to tell me you're a parent. You don't have to applaud. You don't have to say I know what a parent looks like. Parents recognize parents. We just know. When I said pull out, there were some parents in here like, yeah, I should (laughs) have.
This is Walter Cronkite, and I'd like to answer that question of how important friendly, helpful service is to the success of a supermarket. What good is financial wizardry, merchandising displays par excellence, and all the other very important functions of management if a produce man is indifferent, a butcher disinterested, or your cashier lacking in courtesy? You cannot spend too much time, thought, or money to impress and convince everyone who comes in contact with the customer that his salary and his future depend upon the attitude of the customer toward his store. But in visiting supermarkets, you sometimes hear this question from the energetic young people in the stores. All this talk about friendly, helpful service makes sense for the boss, but what's in it for me? It would appear that there is a good deal in it for you. Fundamentally, your success is based on the continuing success of the supermarket. Your future depends upon the future of the organization. When you deliver consistently friendly service, you help ensure the company's success, which is the basis of your success. You get the fun of being a part of a winning team. You grow in your job. You have the pride of knowing that you are achieving results. You have the inner satisfaction of helping customers enjoy their shopping. You get the kick that comes from doing more than the minimum. You feel good because you've done a good job. This is Walter Cronkite closing with the reminder that it isn't always easy to smile, to be cheerful, to be helpful, to be friendly, to go out of your way to render real service. But it always pays. Thank you and good luck. Hey everybody, this is Richard Marks, and you're listening to my buddy Spud Goodman. You know, he gets the bad rap, but he's actually a pretty cool guy on whatever radio station this is, so keep tuning in here. All right, once again, here is Radio On.
This is the Spud Goodman Show. Poetry Man has been the bard of the Spud Show for years. He also is the protector of the holy and sacred tinfoil rabbit. I am hoping 2015 will be a better year, like when I was driving my car and hit a deer, or slipped on a patch of ice and fell on my rear, and lost a bet and had to buy 400 people a beer. If things don't change, then I have a lot to fear. Please, 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 2015 has to be a better year. And if not, I guess I could cut my head off and have it put in a freezer for a few centuries. That's my last option. This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, hey uh, Spud, we've got a call on the line, but you don't have any more c- celebrities scheduled, so it might be a well, telemarketer. No, no, no. I straightened down my credit situation. I'm no longer in hiding. Oh. And all those collection companies, they stopped calling me last month. Everything is good now, so take the dang call. It could be a fan. You know, we do have a couple of them around the country. Uh, okay, if you say so. Uh, caller, are you on the air? Yeah, hey, I'm calling from the Southern California chapter, and I want to talk to the guy who's been insulting Star Trek fans, the guy with the goofy name. Uh, well, who's to say what name is goofy or not? What's your name? Brian. Well, Brian, yeah. Hmm. You know, I really can't come up with anything like that's really snappy with that name, so I'm just going to give you a pass. What, what can I do for you? Well, when I first started listening to this show tonight, and I should say the only reason I tuned in is Jim Hannigan is on. I thought it was a joke or something. No way, no one could ever have not seen, at a minimum, at least a season or two of The Next Generation. Is this... Is this Captain, we are being hailed. Is this Brian Kennison? Hey, Jim. It sounds like you got stuck doing this thing, huh? I did it as a favor for a friend, and and, uh, let's leave it at that, okay? I'll see you at our next meeting. So, Spud, are you even open to experiencing what Star Trek means to so many? I can sense your disrespect, and this, I must say, is really offensive. uh, Brian, Spud doesn't mean any disrespect here. I myself set up this intervention to bridge the gap in his life. Making fun of him or attacking him for his lack of familiarity with the Star Trek franchise, it's not productive. I feel after he has a moment to take it all in, all the information, and realize what he's missed, maybe he'll begin to include some Star Trek content into Uh, this radio show. uh, That's that's my hope. Shut up! Our goal, our goal is to expand our audience, not reduce it by ignoring what's so, spe- so, so special. Are, are, are you done with this? This has to be the most boring phone call I have ever taken on the air. Uh, and anyone listening right now has no recourse as to getting their time back. And that's a shame. You know, you are not just a dick. You are a totally stupid dick. Oh, hey, like I said, personal well, attacks, they're not going to be productive here. I gotta go. Jim, talk to you soon. Bye, Brian. 
Yeah, I think he already's hung up anyway. Man, you Star Trek dudes are, are sure super sensitive. But before we yeah. sign off, don't you think you need to make a statement of apology to Jim here and to the millions of Star Trek fans who you so obviously offended by saying on the air previously that you never wasted your time watching a Star Trek episode or movie? That's nothing to be proud of, for God's Look, sake. Look, I never said I was proud of the fact. It's not that I set out to avoid anything Star Trek related. I have no personal animosity towards the franchise or its fans. Geez, all I said is I've never seen an episode or a movie in full. I've surfed by it on TV, but I just kept on surfing. No slam intended! Well, Spud, I, I think it would go a long way to heal the wounds of Star Trek fans if you could just extend an apology for not recognizing just how much of a game-changing creation well, their show was it is. It's changed the course of history. Okay, okay, that's that's where I draw the line. I will cop to the fact that Star Trek is, is kind of popular, but... It, it's not changed the course of history. That's just like fairy tale land. Uh, we don't want to impose our judgment on a topic that literally millions and millions of Star Trek fans feel so strongly about, Spud. I think the prudent thing to do here is apologize, make a commitment to correct your error. Why not say publicly right now, after you get home tonight? Uh, that, no. I think that pledge would go a long way in, in repairing the damage done here by the disrespect to your fellow Trekkies worldwide. No. I, what, what you've told me, no. I, I'm not going to... Yeah, you want me to watch the show, right? You want me to just cave right now. You know, when I come home from my show, the last thing I want to do is, is tune in some sci-fi show. I mean, that's the time of the day that they created Cinemax After Dark for. I mean, to unwind after a hard day's work. Spud, how lame is it to center your viewing day around watching women with no clothes on? That is sadder than being some disgusting John driving around looking for a spitting image of Jessica Hahn. Softcore porn does not exactly add anything to the human condition, you know? And please don't compare Star Trek to programs with full frontal nudity. Whatever. Anyway, hey, I enjoyed this the tonight's show. I don't know about you guys. Really, frankly, that's that's your deal. For, I mean, for me, it was okay. I, I enjoyed tonight. So anyway, my name is Spud Goodman. That's correct. Be all you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. You have been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show, the Internet's last line of defense in the ongoing battle to rid the world of generic entertainment. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pikes. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Spud's Greek Chorus is the folk singers in hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. of Northwest Music. This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report.
Hello, one and all. My name is Lawrence, and I'm going to be your host on tonight's Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Now, with me here sitting in for our regular co-host, Gina, tonight we've got Spud's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Hey, Gerald, how you doing tonight? Uh, excellent, I must say, Lawrence. It, it's a pleasure to help out here on the post-show report. Uh, this was one of the last-minute deals kind of thing where I, I just felt it was the right thing to do. Step up, fill in for Gina. Uh, what was it tonight? A, kind of a female problem or something? Nah, nah, I doubt it. It was something minor like that because, you know, Gina, she's a one-tough cookie. Yeah. So I figure it's got to be something important, you know. Spud, Spud told me that she was pretty happy about some news that she got, maybe. So, you know, I think she's going to share with us next week when she returns. Yeah. Well, I'd be happy to fill in next week, too. So you can let her know. Hey, there's no hurry to come back. Uh, you know, if, if her cycle goes on for more than a week or so, I can more than handle her end on the post-show report. This really seems pretty simple to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, it might seem that way to you. But, you know, I got to tell you, Gina, she's a real pro. I, I really think our chemistry is something special that we got you know we we gotten a few feelers from other internet radio stations out there that about us branching out and all i told our executive producer lori about it so it's not really a secret wait you two have gotten a job offer from another station already hmm. wait you, you two have only been on doing you're doing this for like uh two weeks two months what how long you been doing this about three months now you know i guess people responding to what we do and all well i, I wonder if i've received any feelers too you know i, I don't have my own email address here at the station y do you think my fan mail is going to some other place that i don't know about it because i haven't gotten anything from anybody so far and i thought that was kind of weird because being a real permanent co-host on the the important part of the program i mean the, the post show report it's nice but it's basically it's just a rehash of what we already did on spud show in the first hour yeah i thought that was a temporary permanent you know what well, genie genie we, we feel we we gotta put our own spin on it you know and we make it special and all yeah it's temporary permanent is the key thing but uh, uh -oh. listen lawrence there's no reason that you and i can't make magic happen here tonight too what do you say mm, yeah, maybe we just uh, kind of try to do our job tonight yeah like if anything come, good comes from it then then so be it you know you know i think i'm sensing a lack of trust here do you doubt that my talents are, are, are of a radio personality because i can assure you i'll pull my weight and more to keep up with you do you want to riff right now you know you could you could pick a topic and i'll just start working it to entertain the listeners i'm pretty quick so you don't have to worry about me keeping up with you yeah maybe some other time you know now now right now we're gonna lead off tonight's you know music we're gonna do a william shatner's cover of hey mr tambourine man and then we're going to bring in the veterans of the Spud Goodman show, the F-King Eagles, with Go Now. Oh, okay, but I, I was really hoping maybe I, I, could, I could do a little bit more at some point in time. Hey, Mr. Mr. Tamarine, man. Sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. In the jingle jangle morning, 
I'll come following you. Take me on a trip on your magic swirling ship. My senses have been stripped. My hands can't feel to grip. My toes too numb to step. Wait only for my boot heels to be wandering. Ready to go anywhere. I'm ready for the fade into my own parade. Cast your dancing spell my way. I promise to go under it. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. In the jingle, jangle morning, I'll come following you. Yes, it's that time again. I'm excited to hear them one more time. Here are the King Eagles.
Gentlemen, first show report. So yeah, everybody, we got tonight in the studio with us. We got Radio On. Hey y'all, hey Radio On, how hey, you doing tonight? Everybody out there, Radio Land. Nice. Hey, let me ask y'all a question here. Yeah. You know, now it looks like you guys have seen some rough patches through time and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, so I'm, I just kind of wonder where you did your time because you know I uh, I did my stretch in Cali. In where? Where you in Cali? Down in Cali. Oh, California. California, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. People from Washington, we don't know about you know the Cali thing, so it's like, oh yeah, that place. That's, yeah. Aren't you from? Didn't you live there? I lived there for a little bit. Yeah. You know, you're being in Cali is like doing time in yeah, Cali. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like that when you think about it. So now, now, what what influences uh, did the radio itself have on radio on? Did you listen to the radio a lot? Well, yeah, I mean, I think when we were all young, that was the only chance you had to listen to music, wasn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, sports, news, music, you know, it's kind of like the original iPod almost. Yeah, you had the dial you had to turn. Yeah, uh, turn. Uh, yeah kicking it old like school. So. Hell yeah. Go to the next thing. Yeah, and they might not know what a radio is these days now. <laughs> Probably no. not. Now, now, which of all of you is, is the chick magnet in the band, you know, the one who gets all the panties thrown on stage? Uh, look at everybody's pointing at everybody else. No, oh, they're looking at the drummer. It's the drummer. Always no, looking at the drummer, yeah. Hopefully his girlfriend isn't listening, though. Uh, yeah, I ain't going to say nothing. Yeah. yeah, you know, girlfriend, you didn't hear nothing here now. All right, now, do y'all have your CPR cards up to date in case there's an emergency or something like that? We do. Good. Good. That's right. Always be safe. And now, cl- somewhat clean underwear. Yeah, somewhat, yeah. Unless it's somewhat, you know, it's passable. You wear one more day. Yeah, one more. Now, now, what's the name of the last song you're going to do for us tonight here? Go ahead. It's called Blacked Out. All right, radio on.
is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, all right. What we got tonight, dude? Hey, uh, so our first clip tonight, uh, Spud talks to actor and comedian Tom Green about whether or not he thinks it's a good idea to date uh, fellow celebrities. Your life was fairly public for quite a while. Um, as a man who like had his marriage to Drew Barrymore scrutinized by the press around the clock, what was the main lesson you learned and could pass on to other celebrities about marrying inside the business? Um, not a good idea, or maybe it, you know, maybe not a bad idea. Oh, honestly, everything's different. Everybody's got a different situation. You know, you just kind of. Uh, I don't really think that there's any rules to this kind of stuff, you know, yeah. like relationships are hard generally, you know, right. I mean, people go through weird stuff in relationships altogether. I mean, if you're trying to make sense of, of, uh, you know, relationships, then, you know, you, you, you got a long, uh, you know, a big job ahead of you, but, uh, you know, I'm having a great time. I had a great girlfriend now. She does stand up comedy. She tours with me. Who is that? And, uh, features with what's me her, in my shows. What's her name? And, uh, she'll, her name's Erin Darling, and she'll be performing with me in Seattle. And, cool. And and so we're having a great time, you know. And uh, it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's you know. I mean, I think you just the thing you walk away from is you just try to stay positive. You know, when I first got on MTV, I also had uh, had to, had testicular cancer. I had to right. had to uh, deal with uh, you know surviving cancer. So you go through all sorts of crazy, you know, twists and curveballs that you get thrown at you in life. And uh, you just kind of got to uh, stay positive and enjoy yourself. Right. Well, let, let's touch a I like that he threw uh, the the word curveball in there. <laughs> yeah, I checked that, <laughs> that too. You talk about testicular cancer. That's a nice little thing. Slide, slide yeah. that in there. I wonder if that's the way it is now, like a crescent, if he's got a crescent going now. <laughs> maybe, that be, that would be, maybe half moon. That'd be like a waxing or waning moon. phase. <laughs> <do> you think? <laughs> I guess. It, yeah, I guess it depends if it would side it was on. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Spud mentioned to me that he he's heard that Tom has really kind of calmed down a little bit, much more so than he was when he was kind of avant garde and and all that. Did, did you guys did you guys find that to be true when you're listening to that interview? Uh, you know, I did. I grew up uh, watching Tom Green on MTV back sure. when the uh, Bum Bum song was a big thing. Yeah, you and, recorded that in Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I could definitely tell a very different dynamic from the Tom Green that I knew. I, I guess he's growing up just like all of us. Uh, you think just that a little bit of that loss of the of the man-man kind of took him down a notch? It could be, you know, brought him, brought him back a little bit. Yeah, lost a little bit of the fire down below. What did that happen to... Uh, Lance Armstrong too. Yeah, he might. Have, you think he lost that fire down below too? Yeah, I haven't seen him on that bike climbing up any big hills in Paris lately. Nope. I yeah. if he's Super. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? How about we do some more music here? We're gonna lead off this segment here with Cody Foster, Cody Foster Army, and their song Makaloa. And then we have a guy from L.A. That's Harvey Sid Fisher and his tune Money.
for more of the Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Listening to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Uh, hey, Lawrence, they're saying you've got a phone call. It's a woman, but she wouldn't give her name. Ah, uh, that's all right. No problem. Go ahead and uh, send it through. Is this the host, Lawrence? You are speaking to Lawrence. <laughs> Do you recognize my voice? I spoke to you on the air a month ago. We seemed to kind of hit it off, I thought. I mentioned to you I've been very active in prison outreach programs over the years. Does that draw your memory? Oh, uh, yeah. Super. You're the caller who sent a pair of her panties to the station, isn't that right? Maybe. That was so 
supposed to be a private thing between you and I. Was it too much too soon? Oh, no, 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 not necessarily. But but now, now, what do you want me to do with the panties? Do you want me to autograph them or something for you? You know, I, I could do that, but it, it's, it's tough to write with a Sharpie on a silk thong. You know, there's not much space there for me to get my name in there. That is not no, super. I don't, <laughs> I don't need it back. You can keep it. I just thought it might be a nice gesture. All my prior pen pals in prison have asked me to send them at least a couple pairs of panties. I don't get it myself, but hey, if it makes them happy. Uh, uh, Excuse me, miss. Are you calling about something other than propositioning Lawrence? Because being live on the radio is not an appropriate venue to be doing this, you know? I called because that chick who was there the last time I called is off tonight. She was really possessive of him. Very territorial. Don't tell me you're going to try and block me too. Uh, no, okay, like you know, like like the king said, can't we all just get along here? Hey, hey, listen, caller, caller, what's your name? Miranda. Oh, that's Super. a sweet name, Miranda. Uh, you know, I don't think you want to encourage her, Lawrence. She could be one of those stalkers. You know, Spud already has one. Hmm. Lawrence, I would love to meet up with you sometime soon. Listen, that's not going to happen there because there are station rules prohibiting fraternization between listeners and the on-air personalities. I don't believe you. Lawrence is a grown man. He can make his own decisions. Can I ask if you're currently on parole? Well, I do have a P.O. here in Washington. Why do you ask? I just wanted to make sure you're still in the correctional system. Don't, don't you get it, Lawrence? She's just another one of those prison groupies. They, they've been they've been in the news lately, like that young lady who wanted to marry Charles Manson and then put his corpse on display to the public when he dies. Who knows what this caller has in mind for you? Super. Excuse um, me, but who are, who made you the moral police here? Could you just butt out, please? So, Lawrence, I... Hey, listen, listen, Miranda, you know, I'm not opposed to, to maybe having a cup of coffee or lunch sometime, you know. I, I'm pretty busy right now, but if you want to leave your number with uh, with one of our interns, I'll call you. Really? Uh, I yeah. think this is a bad decision. You don't know her from anybody. I was wondering if you might send me something like... Do you still have any prison-issue clothing, a jumpsuit, white cotton briefs, anything with your doc number on it? Well, yeah, I did pack up some of my old T-shirts from when I was in the, the when, when I was inside, and I brought them with me. Now I'll, I'll bring one with me uh, to our lunch here date, and, and uh, so. But look, I gotta go now, so I, I will see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Boy, you're you're a brave man, Lawrence. Look, look, you think this is the first time this is the first prison groupie that I've gone out with? Look, you'd be surprised at how many pen pals I had when I was locked up. I had a footlocker full of love letters, and the perfume from them was so overpowering. The guys on my tier, they said, hey, look, can you store those like in a sealed container or something like that? And uh, Wow. Uh, wait, wait, okay. They, they're telling me I got it. We got to get back to the music. So, oh, okay. uh, why don't we we go ahead and uh, uh, we're gonna go a little bit longer this round with three songs for your listening pleasure here. So first up, we have a band that Spud likes a lot, and they're from Afghanistan. They're called Kabul Dreams, and they got a song called Cracked Radio. And then the second song is gonna be a band out of New York area. There, the Landlines, with their tune "Pot Smoker." And then we're gonna finish up the set here with the Northwest favorite, the Purrs, with "Loose Talk."
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, Derek, we got another one up? Yeah, we do. So for our second clip of the night, Joe Coy talks to Spud about his life-changing appearance on a little show you guys might have heard of, uh, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Hmm. I've heard of it. Okay, super. Um... Well, you had an appearance on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and I guess you could say it kind of went well as you got a standing ovation. Was that uh, the moment you said to yourself, hey, not a bad career move? Yeah, that, that was uh, the, the, that, that day changed my life because I was literally working three jobs. I had a newborn son. Uh, you know, I mean, not a newborn, but he was a little over a mm-hmm. year. And, uh, and uh, my, uh, I was working at Nordstrom Rec at the time as a shoe salesman. And I remember I didn't know how famous that show was. I didn't know how popular that show was until the next day after that standing O. Every other customer watched me get that, that, you know, watched my set that night. And it was like, it, what a way to bring you right down to reality, like on such a high, because I got a standing ovation on The Tonight Show. And then all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, this lady in her shoe and she's looking at me going, oh my God, you were on The Tonight Show last night. I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, that's awesome. You're so funny. Can I get this in a size eight? You know what I mean? And I had to run back to get the shoe and... And just realize, uh, you know, wow, like, yeah, it's a big show, but I'm still a shoe salesman, so I got to keep working, man. So how long did that, how long uh, after that appearance, how many days, it got to be in days, uh, before uh, you, know, you uh, left? The Tonight Show, the Tonight Show literally changed my, I, uh, I will say overnight on that one, uh, there were so many people watching it that I, I started getting phone calls like a week and a half, like maybe a week later, you know what I mean? And, uh. I ended up quitting all my jobs within the month. That month, I quit every single job, and uh, I was on the road just working. I had so many. I was booked solid, man. It was crazy just for that appearance. Yeah, you know, I tell you, working uh, with women's feet, he probably had a lot of good material there because, you know, I, I love women and all, but women's feet are funny. <laughs> okay. All right. Man. Super. At least I think so. I think it makes sense. You know, he he quit that job to become a comedian, but in addition to the income he lost, he also lost his discount. Oh yeah, that's right because they got that Nordstrom yeah. discount thing yeah. going there. Yeah, I tell you, he had See, to be, that, he was that, committed. If that happened to me, I think I'd keep it like a seasonal thing. Like I'd come back for maybe like Christmas time just so you could get that discount right around the holidays. Keep that's the door the open. Time to do it. Yeah, yeah you yeah, got to get that Nordstrom the door discount. Open. That's yeah, because right. they're kind of spendy as it is right now. Hey, okay, let's do a little bit more music here. So you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna get back to a band that has uh, they they've been on the Spud Show before. It's the Heels, and this right here is the studio. Studio version of The Heels Time. And after that, we have a band from Toronto. It's July Talk and their song Guns and Ammunition.
I gotta own this. That last song, the, the first song of that set was The yeah. Heels. It was actually The Heels theme that is the name of that song. Not not the time. Not the time. No. Okay. All right. Well, uh, hey, hey, Lawrence, uh, I've got another call on the line for you, and it's not that prison groupie again. I asked the board, and they said it's Spud's cousin Samuel. Now, I'm sure you've been briefed, but he's an aspiring meteorologist, and he's been begging to do weather reports on Spud's show, and he's harassed the prior host of the post-show, uh, post-show report, Ivy Quinn. So 
I, I want to suggest to you, you got to be polite but firm. You got to let them know that it's not going to happen. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I already know. Uh, I already. I, I spoke with uh, Samuel before. Oh. You know, he did a. He called me once before, and and I know he wants to do a weather report, yeah. but I don't have any problem with it. Why don't we just put him on? Well, but our executive producer made it pretty clear at our last staff meeting not to take his calls on the air anymore. Look, 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 you, you let me worry about Lori Madsen. Now, she and I, we have a sort of a, an understanding. Now. What? She's a prison freak too. Wow, I did not see that one coming. Uh, yeah, go ahead, put, put Samuel on. He, you know, he's just trying to make you like the rest of us. You know, hey, Samuel, are you there? Am I on the air? Uh, Hello? You're on live with us right now. Uh, what are you calling about? You want to request a song? Not really. You guys don't play my type of music. Uh, do you have any Grace Jones? Ah, oh, Grace Jones, I love it, but you know, they don't have, I know they don't have any of her stuff in the studio. That's okay. You know, I could hear you guys talking while I was on hold, so yeah, I am calling about doing a really brief weather forecast on the post-show report. I've about given up trying to get through to Spud. The man is my cousin, and he won't pick up my the phone when I call his show. I thought we were close. Can you believe I gave him my first baseman's glove when he first started playing Little League? I switched to catching, so I just gave it to him. That's how close we were growing up. Oh, that was really nice of you, man. So, Samuel, I I know you've already been told that a weather forecast is impossible to do here because we're on in various markets uh, across the country. It would take like 45 minutes to give individual forecasts for each region, and, and that's not the weather channel here, you know? But I have given this some more thought, and I think I have figured out how to make this work. I'll just do a quick generic, all-in-one forecast for the whole country. As everyone knows, all weather forecasts are a little off, right? So mine will be formulated by averaging the weather conditions in all regions across America. It will at least be partially correct in some states, if not most. I will put this model up against anything the weather channel can throw at people all right sounds good to me let's go ahead lay it on us well okay for our morning commuters tomorrow we will have a great deal of sunshine before the late winter weather takes hold and offers more of the same later in the day people can expect conditions to change drastically as nighttime arrives and temperatures will change significantly this has been the spud goodman post show reports exclusive weather forecast Stay tuned to the show for any weather updates. Um, so, how was it? I was going for short and punchy. Uh, mission accomplished, Sam. You're well done. Really? That was a worthless waste of airtime, if you ask me. No, nah, we'll, we'll get back to you. We're going to see if our executive producer is going to give the green light for their weather reports on the post-show report here. Her again? That dragon lady will never go for it. Can't we just try it for a few weeks to see how it goes? She won't even notice the weather segments. As I heard, she never listens to the second hour. Well, yeah, listen, I don't want to sound like a management lackey, but this really is something that should be run through proper channels. I'm sorry, Samuel. And a temporary co-host is telling me, Spud's cousin, a blood relative, I can't be a part of the team? Uh, it's I'm actually the temporary permanent co-host. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to run your request by Ms. Madsen. Well, crap. Super. I might as well not waste my time then. Goodbye. Oh, Gerald, man. It's a tough oh. deal when you take hope away from a man, you know? All right, let's get back to some music here. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play a song here by Cousin Marnie. 
and it's called you've been fooling with me but you've been fooling me baby is the Spud Goodman post-show report. Yeah, we're getting close to wrapping this up. It's just around the corner here. You know, our job's almost done for the night here. It's been another great show, I think. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, I've really enjoyed the opportunity to work with you on the post-show report, both of you. I now understand what Gina means when she says it's so much more relaxed and fun than doing the first hour with Spud, because I- I'll tell you guys, he is such a control freak. I can't scratch my nose without running it by him first. Is that right? Well, you know, to tell you the truth, I never worked directly with Spud, so I don't oh. know if he's a control freak or if he ain't a control freak. You know, he he does what he does in Gina. You know, she says it's more relaxed, and, you know, it just, it, but I think the whole thing suits me. You know, I personally like this whole kind of laid back feel. Who would ever thought I was going to end up hosting a, a radio show? And look, 
Here I am. It feels really good. D- D- Derek, you you work the board during but when Spud's here. Do you agree with me? I mean, he, he's a control freak. Yeah, you know, like I I feel like sometimes when he starts to get a little chatty, uh, like you know, talking towards me or anything, I just kind of bury my nose down into the computer and pretend yeah. like I'm working really hard and sometimes, just kind of tune it out. It's so. the only thing you can do sometimes. I, I've enjoyed this, and I want to tell you, Lawrence, if Gina ever leaves the show, I want you to know I would love to be your permanent co-host on the post-show report well you know what i don't want to get your hopes up too much jr because i don't think she's gonna i don't think she's gonna be going anywhere you know now now what you got going with a permanent temporary co-host you know i just focus on that a little bit you know and now me and gina we've got this post-show business dialed here really yeah you're really good uh, we're good. All yeah. right. All right. Listen, now, I, I appreciate I the offer, but, but, but we're good. We're I'm not good. trying to step on toes. I just, I think I could probably do better. That's that's all I'm saying. Well, I'm, you better hope Gina's not listening wherever she is because, you know, I've yeah. seen her get some fire in her belly and she might get a little, you know, she might have a little issue there. Well, I can deal with her. And I'll, she won't be doing that laugh because, you know, usually she does a laugh, but she won't bring the laugh. Ooh, maybe it would be like an evil laugh. Like she's oh, plotting something. You know what? When we get it back, we see if we can get an evil laugh out of her. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right. Well, I want to say thanks to the crew. I didn't get a chance to get my shout outs to you at the beginning of the show, but we got TJ on the board tonight sitting in for hey, days. TJ. All right. Thanks, TJ. Well done there. And of course, we got Alex here. He's our engineer for tonight. Nice job as always, thanks, Alex, Alex. We appreciate you. Yeah. And of course, you know, we got Derek on the highlights. Bringing it, Derek, yes, always. Do. Yeah, nice. And that, I enjoy bringing it. Yeah, you bring it nicely. And, of course, you know, Gerald, we got you here. Anna and Trent, shout-outs to you guys. But, you know, be careful at those Greek parties here because, you know, nothing good is going to come out of those uh, parties and everything. All study, right. You study. Well, you know, until next week, good night. And I'm going to leave everybody with this little tune from Lemnard Nimoy from the original Star Trek series. And this one's called Spock Thoughts. Good night, everybody. Go placidly amid the noise and haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even the dull and ignorant. They too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexations to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain and bitter. For always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself. Especially do not feign affection. Neither be cynical about love. For in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. 
nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune. But do not distress yourself with imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive Him to be, and whatever your labors and aspirations, in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul, with all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Associate producer, David Deere. Live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio highlights, Derek Schneider. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Copyright 2015, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Well, crap. Super.